Man, when Greg Amundsen comes on, you just can't help but smile. Welcome. To <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jason. I am so happy to be here. Great to see you, my man. I think I say it to you just about every time I speak to you, but you were the first person in CrossFit that went from being someone I admired, and not that I still don't very much admire you, to someone that I'm like, wow, it's a friend. You know, and you know, they say be careful when your idols become your friends, but you are one of those people that no, you've only continued to make my life better. So I really <laughs> appreciate you. Man, that's encouraging to hear. Thank you. I really appreciate that, brother. And unfortunately, we don't really put the video up, but man, your shirt. I wish <laughs> I might have to put it up. This is <laughs> you we, you've had this kind of evolution from when you know when you were first in like two thousand three, four, five, finding CrossFit DEA agent, to almost you would go like a modern day hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've worn many hats. <laughs> you know, passed you passed through the yoga phase. You still doing yoga? I am indeed still teaching yoga. Oh, awesome! Still practicing. Well, the feedback we had last time was just tremendous, and. You reached out and told me about your new book, and I was like, hey, I, I want to tell the world about it, and I'm really proud of you and excited to, to chat about it. So for those that don't know, let me, let me give a brief overview. I mean, Greg Amundsen is the OG fire breather. I mean, you can look at Matt Frazier, Rich Froning. They're only there because of you. They are, and, and I equate it to like the UFC fighters these days, right? Like nowadays, they're making millions of dollars, but the, the fighters that came, uh, you know, 1993 when Hoist Gracie won, you know, they made 500 bucks maybe. <laughs> and do you, do you ever think about it from that perspective? Yeah, you know, what's funny is in the early days, I was paying out of my own pocket to go <laughs> teach CrossFit. <laughs> so yeah, a lot's changed over the years and I'm so grateful to have been part of it just been amazing well the new book is called strength to love 12 bible lessons for church inside the gym and for those of you that don't know i mean how many books have you published these these days this book is number eight when you were you know doing crossfit or doing your dea stuff did you ever think hey one day i'm gonna be a published author eight times through well, I've always loved writing. I would write frequently for the CrossFit Journal. I think I have 10 articles archived in the CrossFit Journal. So I've always loved writing. Um, but no, I never, I never really thought I would go into writing books. Um, but I sure am glad that God put that on my heart because I love the media of writing. I enjoy it. It's exciting. And I really feel strongly about the content that I'm writing about. So I'm ha happy to share it with other people. So, so in this new book, you talk about lessons, you know, from, from the Bible and how they can be really taught within the box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just that. Um, what I found is that a lot of people have a faith in the CrossFit community. Faith Rx is beautiful evidence of that. There's a whole culture of Christian athletes within the CrossFit community. 
And that really doesn't come as a surprise to me, given that you and I are familiar with the adage, the greatest adaptation to CrossFit takes place between the ears. It's my favorite, my favorite quote about CrossFit. Me too, brother, me too. So intuitively then, if the greatest adaptation to CrossFit is not tangible, it's intangible. If it's not objective, it's subjective. If it's not natural, it's supernatural. So there's a ripe opportunity for people to develop a deeper sense of who they are through the CrossFit program. And as we peel back the layers of who we are, we realize ultimately that we're not physical beings, we're spiritual beings. So the CrossFit gym is this microcosm, it's this right environment for people to discover their faith. What seems to happen is there natural leaders within the box who are passionate about sharing their faith. Well, CrossFit as a community is very gifted in their ability to teach other people about CrossFit. Yet I noticed there was some lack in how people who are excited about their faith are equipped to share their faith. So I started writing about ways that athletes, not necessarily Christian athletes, but athletes that are of an inclination to develop a relationship with God. And in doing so, how they can best share that passion that they have, just like they share the passion they have for CrossFit, how can they share their passion for spirituality, for faith, for doctrine, for theology, for God, for Jesus Christ? How can they do that? And that's what I've been up to in, in my books, <laughs> is, is sharing some ideas for how, how if people are, are aspiring to that, how they can equip themselves to make it happen. Why do you think there is such a strong faith presence in the world of CrossFit? You know, something that recently dawned on me is, have you experienced this overwhelming joy in the middle of the most anguishing physical workout? Yeah, I mean, almost every time I work out, that's why we do it, right? That's the reason why we do it. How astonishing, though, that in the middle of agony, you and I are experiencing joy. <laughs> I think it, take, it takes time to, to teach yourself that. But yeah, you almost, I kind of equate it to, especially as I've gotten older, to it's a privilege to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my times might be a little slower. Yeah, the guy next to me, might be ahead of me, but man, I get to move my body like this. How lucky am I? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Regardless so, of how terrible it feels. Sure, regardless of our score on the whiteboard or placed in a leaderboard, there's this sense of joy. And I suspect given the longevity you and I have had in CrossFit that the onset of the joy happens much sooner in the workout than it did in our first workouts. In my first CrossFit workout, when I thought for sure I was going to die, the joy came when I was done. Then I was joyful. 
that I'd survived. Right. Yet the more I did it, the more I longed for the entry into that difficult place of suffering because I was experiencing joy in the middle of the suffering. And I ask you that question. We think about that because that's, I think, one of the reasons, one of the compelling reasons why the gospel is such a relatable message for people. Because that's the essence of so much of the study of theology, is what gives us joy, what gives us hope. Even though we might be suffering the context of the workout, even though we might be experiencing this suffering in the workout, we're still able to experience joy. Well, how can we apply that to life? How can we be in the middle of a season of grief, of sorrow, of suffering, and still experience joy? Well, we can. That's the message of the gospel. And so when we have this really tangible, objective way of experiencing joy, I think the touch point to then create a bridge between what we're experiencing in the box and what the Bible teaches us, it's a much shorter distance to traverse. How would you recommend box owners or coaches first get their members to understand that feeling of joy in the midst of suffering? Well, they're experiencing it every time the coach says, three, two, one, go. You got a gym people who are going to be suffering just a matter of time. So I think creating language around that and contextualizing it and helping people see that, look, you can recalibrate your mind to experience different association with suffering. Rather than resisting it, you can begin to understand that this suffering is serving a purpose in your life. And the moment that happens, that's when the real lessons of the box transcend the box. So now it's no longer fitness for fitness sake. Now it's fitness for the sake of increased resilience in a difficult work environment, increased courage in the face of a dangerous situation for a military operator or law enforcement officer, greater levels of patience in a family dynamic relationship. These are all lessons that are being cultivated in a very objective way in the box. We create language to inspire people to realize those same lessons are now applicable in every area of your life. That's why the greatest adaptation can, in fact, be between the years. But before the adaptation happens between the years, we have to create context for it. We have to explain why it's the case. So the, one of the beauties of CrossFit is that it's measurable, observable, and repeatable. So people come in daily and they can track their progress from yesterday to today to tomorrow. A lot of what we're talking about, like you mentioned, is the intangibles. It's the supernatural. How do we measure that? It's interesting how CrossFit has created a culture of measurable, <laughs> repeatable. We are so desirous of that. Now, as valuable as that is, I think as a community, it's time that we opened up 
our mind to the possibility that there's immense value in things that are intangible, that are subjective. qualify or quantify or graph our faith or our devotion or our worship or our love. But they're no less real. How do you quantify on a whiteboard the love you have for your wife? Well, I'm not sure, but it's no less real. So I think as valuable, and I am steadfast, in the value for the objective measurement of fitness. That's the definition of CrossFit. Increased work capacity across broad time, mobile domain. How do we know what's happening? We're graphing it. Yes and amen to that. Um, simultaneously, can we hold space as individual athletes and as a community of athletes for the intangible, the subjective, the supernatural, the spiritual? And I think we can. And I think if there's ever a community that's, that's best equipped to do just that, it's the CrossFit community. So, so when this started happening for you, which is years ago, what were some of the first things that you recognized within yourself? What were some of those changes? So if someone's listening, they can say, hey, I am feeling that. You know, and then there is this tremendous mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, light at the end where now I can really exemplify what it means to to to, to showcase this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. speaking of yoga you and i both have a yoga background one of my yoga teachers rolf gates interesting guy former u.s army ranger turned world-renowned philosopher yogi he told me once when he observed a crossfit workout he said a principle felt is understood and you can feel the principle in these workouts. So for example, we can talk about endurance, stamina, perseverance, commitment, follow through. We can talk about that in theory, or we can do the workout Murph. <laughs> and we can actually experience we can come face to face with what moments before was just theory. We can feel in operation the principle at work in our life. And I realized that the power, the speed, the endurance, the 10 physical qualities that we develop day in, day out within the box, each one of those physical attributes has a direct relationship to more of a mental adaptation so can we be strong physically can that be physically developed of course can we develop strength in our mind absolutely the physical becomes the means by which we can develop the mental and over the years i've just realized that it doesn't stop with mental adaptation there's in fact although it's somewhat more intangible, more mysterious, yet no less real, there's this spiritual change that happens within us as well. There really is. For that reason, do you think it's easier to attain a spiritual practice and become more of a spiritual person 
through fitness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, some people who were some people have had what we would describe as religious experiences through a through an encounter with a physical experience that transcended any faculty of reasoning to understand. So during, one a, those, during a right, twenty rep, during a twenty rep back squat. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that video, by the way. <laughs> Right, we're, we're most familiar with this language in the context of people that have had near-death experiences. They have a spiritual awakening, and they realize there's a lot more to life than I realized. And there's other people that have had that during moments. I know big wave surfers have experienced that. There's free divers that have experienced that. Martial artists have experienced that. Dancers have experienced that. There's something about the movement of our body in space and time that awakens parts of us that are very difficult to describe with the intellect. And I'm not surprised by that. Uh, we are a psychosomatic being made in God's image. We have a physical component that is divine. There's a part of us that's made in the image of a being that created us to move our body. How wonderful, how incredible that we're intended by our designer, by our creator to move the way we are. So in the movement of our body, of course, we would be able to connect with the one that made us. It just makes perfect sense. So do you think one day all churches will take place inside of a gym? <laughs> you know, I, What's so fascinating is that boxes, CrossFit boxes are, they are creating an environment for people to come to know God. And they're teaching people that the body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. And then you go to church and the contrast couldn't be more radical sometimes. Same doctrine, although sadly you look around the congregation, there's not many people who are treating their body as a temple. So wouldn't it be wonderful if we were able to bring church into the box and the box into the church? We need each other. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, we often think of the you know, body, mind, spirit. But yeah, so many people, I'm always perplexed by people that don't move their body regularly. Mm -hmm. it, it's really, you know, especially this day and age, we know how important just health is and your immune system. It's, it's, it's sad that not everyone's doing that. And I, and I agree with you. Once, if they can only make that connection of once I start moving my body, the spirituality will follow. Mm -hmm. I think they would be healthier, happier people. But like mm -hmm. you said, that's where the greatest adaptation happens in the mind. They have to get there first. Mm -hmm. In the ancient yogic tradition, the saying is practice and everything else is coming. And we would say, work out. 
Yeah. <laughs> and everything else is coming. Move your body and everything else is coming. I, w- I want to ask you an on-topic, off-topic question. Because okay. I get this question all the time from box owners. You, you might not have experienced it as much in the early days, but this day and age, there's a concept known as rep shaving. You've heard of it. Cheating I've not at, heard. You've, okay, well, basically cheating at CrossFit. Wow. At the box level, exactly. As someone who I consider, you know, spiritual and kind and empathetic, such as yourself, you know, every time I hear it, it becomes so and so is cheating at the box. How do I teach this person a lesson? What would you say to the box owners, coaches, or even the members that are listening that are that get so angry at that? Well. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. The reason the anger exists is we care about the things that we love. So the anger in and of itself is good because it brings to our awareness. It brings to the box owner's awareness how passionate they are about what they're teaching. So that's where I would begin, is just approaching the entire opportunity, which is what this is. This is a learning opportunity. Approach it with love, with compassion, with grace, with mercy. These are all principles that are right from the scripture. However, it has to be dealt with. It must be confronted. Jesus Christ came in grace and truth. So we want to be graceful with this person and we need to be truthful. Because if we are in agreement, I know we are, brother, if we're in agreement that the greatest adaptation to CrossFit takes place between the ears, unless we challenge that person, what they're doing will bleed into every other area of their life. This person will be cultivating the ability. In other words, they will be strengthening the ability to cheat in every area of their life. The same person who gets good at cheating in the box is going to be good at cheating on their spouse, good at cheating on tests, good at cheating at work, you name it. They're going to be good at cheating because they strengthen that faculty. The same way you get someone who has every opportunity to cheat. We all do. We count our own reps. The same person has an opportunity to develop trustworthiness, integrity, honesty, transparency, credibility every time they work out. That same person will be trustworthy, credible, honest, sincere in every other area of their life. It works both ways. And so this is a subject that needs to be explicitly taught around the whiteboard. Preemptively. You see, preemptively. The same way when I warm up my athletes, I'm being preemptive about warming them up and preparing them for movement patterns they'll be doing in the workout. I need to warm them up for the mental fluctuations that they're going to be tempted with. 
there's been some workouts where, hey, no one's watching. <laughs> and I got 300 squats to do. <laughs> right? And I, but I commit. I do my 300. No one's watching. I'm watching. And that, that develops in my mind the inclination towards truth, towards honesty, towards credibility, towards integrity. It's developed in me. It's developed in you, and we can develop that in our athletes. But again, Jason, we have to create a vernacular around it. It doesn't happen by accident. This, this, this takes leadership, box owner leadership, and athlete leadership, self-leadership, group leadership. And by the way, it's a great, this topic in and of itself is a great segue you know, in, into theology, into studying the Bible, into a relationship with God, because these are all principles that now we have this context for. For example, why, why do we feel so strongly about the truth? Well, someone designed us that way. Someone designed us to resonate with truth, with honesty, and to rebel against what is deceitful. In other words, we stand for what's right, we rebel against what the scriptures refer to as sin. Why? We're made that way. <laughs> right? And that's, that's how theology becomes really relatable. We're doing theology every day in the gym, whether we realize it or not. That question has gone around the, the circuit, you know, for the last 10 years. And I don't think anyone has ever answered it any better than you just did. And I hope for those listening, and I'm going to try to, grab that to post because it, it comes up once a week in the affiliate owners group on Facebook and people reach out and I think you really just nailed it. I think you, you know, people want to teach. I agree, you know, and you've changed my opinion a little bit. Part of me is always just like, who cares? You know, it's, it's let them be, they have other issues going on. But when you say it like that, you're right. It's our responsibility to teach them because that will extend outside of the walls of the gym as well. Yeah. But you have to do it, like you said, with grace and compassion. Grace, compassion, and truth. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So th those are the types of lessons that are, that are in the book, Straight to Love. That, that's it. I mean, the, 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 and by the way, I, I, um, Strength to Love is also the title of one of my favorite books by Dr. Martin Luther King. So the idea is that we develop strength to lift weights in the gym and we can also develop in the gym strength to love to love god and to love each other which is what it's all about i love it so people can find the book on amazon you don't have it in on ebook just yet just paperback right just paperback oh you know someone else you, you're the third or fourth person to mention it so i'll, I'll definitely do an ebook also i'm just old school jason i i love holding a, a paperback in my in my hands um and also i wanted to recognize my my dear friend chip Hugh. yeah that's an og right there oh oh this guy's doing crossfit back in like 2002 2003 old school crossfitter and the co-founder of faith rx he wrote the forward to the book and this guy is a really gifted writer himself he wrote an amazing forward to the book so i just want to give him some uh, some much he's a super humble guy but i want to I want to make sure he's recognized. He did an awesome job in the forward. Yeah, as soon as I saw the name on the cover, I was like, that's an 
old school name that I've not heard for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. He's still out there. He's still coaching, still teaching CrossFit. And obviously, you know, he's still bringing people to Jesus Christ every day. He's an amazing guy, amazing disciple maker. Back in the day, you were traveling around, you've done the level one circuit, but you also had your goal setting course. Mm-hmm. I know this is your passion right now, what you're teaching. Assuming we all get through 2020 and this pandemic, <laughs> you think you'll hit the road again and, and start doing seminars and teaching? You know, I, I, um, I, had, I, I had my, I, mean, I, I was traveling teaching a variety of courses at least twice a month. And uh, much like you, I imagine, and many others, I cleared my schedule when the pandemic hit and I thought, Oh boy, I'm going to, I'm going to miss that. And I really enjoy being home. <laughs> so I'm not sure the frequency with which I'll get back on the road. I'm really in no hurry to be back on the road. I'm able to still reach people through my podcast, through my books. I'm able to focus on my flock right here in Santa Cruz. So Yes, I'll be back on the road teaching, although probably not at that frantic interval that I was for so many years. Yeah, people, it's, it's not as desirable as people think it is. You know, being home, it, this, this time has really opened my eyes as well to, hey, I, I kind of enjoy waking up in my own bed next to the wife, <laughs> you know, eating in my kitchen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as always, it's a true honor, Greg. I, I really appreciate everything you do. Please, you know, if you're listening, Strength to Love, as well as the seven other books, and everything you do is just truly amazing, and it's, it's always just an honor to speak to you and have you on the show. I appreciate you, Jason. Thanks for having me on your show, brother. It's awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.